Welcome to the Marketing Trench Warfare Podcast. Art and Tony are two marketers who talk about the daily battle to build a brand, grow careers, innovate, and learn. Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Marketing Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm Tony Kavicki. Artie Coolidge breathing the fresh air of December <laughs> with our listeners. The fresh air of December, the fresh air of welcoming Wednesday. That's right, except uh, our listeners whatever, aren't hearing this, this on is. Wednesday. Whatever day our listeners may be hearing this episode, we know it's in December because we're not posting it till then. And <laughs> we didn't record it till then. So the savvy will probably figure out from everything we just said when this episode was recorded. We leave we left enough breadcrumbs for you. But if you've been waiting for permission, you can take There's been it. a lot more food around here than just breadcrumbs because after Thanksgiving. Right? That's true. There's been lots of food in my house. But more importantly, there's now lots of Christmas music because now it is truly okay to play Christmas music. We're after Thanksgiving. Uh, you and I are going to have a fight on the podcast. You play music before Thanksgiving, Tony? Yep. Yep. It's Christmas music, Tony. If it was. It's Christmas music. Thanksgiving is part of the Christmas no, no, season. No, Thanksgiving is the Thanksgiving season. It's the pumpkin spice latte season. We have now crossed the no, Rubicon no, 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 no. into Chick-fil-A peppermint milkshake season. We haven't talked about hey, Chick-fil-A don't talk lately. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, don't talk to me about this, though, because uh, I at my org, I officially redefined uh, calendar year-end to be the last two months of the year as opposed to the last month. Well, it so. is. Last 45 days is, is next after. It is still says. true. Yes, it is. Yeah, but that well, next after has a bunch of clients that have that have that say thirty, and now they have one that says sixty. So it should just average out to forty-five. That's right, and, everyone can be and then happy. everyone's happy. But I'm telling you, Christmas music for the Christmas season. Otherwise, it's just music. Let's just think about that. But if someone listening to this would like to disagree no, no. with me, send in your comments and and tell Tony why he's right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Put the, put it down that way. Don't make it disagree with Artie. Agree with Tony. That's right. Agree yeah. with Artie or disagree with Tony. Those are your options. Oh wait, did I say that right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony, oh, we better get in the really trench messing here. with me here, Artie. I am. I am. Okay. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so you're on a mission. I am to try to educate everyone about the proper times to play Christmas music. That is a really lazy segue into saying, I recently listened to Mission Statement Impossible, which was a hilarious episode of the Rework podcast from Basecamp. Okay. Where Basecamp was essentially saying, most mission statements are crap. And the reason for this is that most mission statements do not tell you anything that people would disagree with. Right? Like, mission statement, we want to be a company that values people, that is true to our word, that, like, whatever. Like, what company doesn't want to value people? <laughs> what company wants to lie? Like, uh, and if you're doing a mission statement to help organize you and say, this is our North Star, this is what we're trying to go toward, you can't really achieve that with something that's bland and lowest common denominator. So if you want to do something that's a mission statement that's going to help your brand, you have to actually figure out what makes my brand unique. And that means a mission statement or a set of values that people can actually disagree with. And I love that. So if you take your mission statement and you make it negative, will anyone 
disagree with you. You see, Tony. Interesting test. Tony, this is a, this is great because mission statements should divide people. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's what what they're saying here, and I can't agree more. It's it takes me back to something well, we've said on the podcast. It's not. I'm not saying. Let's take this back. Mission statement should not divide people. It's just the, the mission statement isn't going to motivate people towards your organization if it doesn't say well, anything. Well, and that's, and that's what I mean. Like it's it's a it's a place to to weed out those who are truly aligned with who you are and what you do and those who aren't because it's not a judgment thing of like oh you're a bad person because you disagree with this mission statement no they just may not be interested in that but like your mission Mm -hmm. statement should be a way for someone to determine whether or not they are aligned with you it it goes back to our conversation of welcome series emails right if an organization Mm -hmm. creates a welcome series email that's so milk toast and vanilla that no reader will know exactly what the organization stands for or what they do or why it matters or X, Y, Z, or they try, they read something that basically sounds like it's designed to appeal to everyone. Then it's not going to be a good welcome series. Like your welcome series. It's okay for it to have a high unsubscribe rate because now, and, and I know that's controversial, but here's the thing. I should say this, the re, just having in a high unsubscribe rate doesn't inherently mean something's wrong with your welcome series. It may mean Okay, are you talking about a new donor welcome series or just a new email address? New email address welcome series. Because okay. if your new email subscriber if is reading emails that are conversational and they don't read like they're from a machine and they're they're using just engaging language and they're clearly stating the value and mission of your organization you should be seeing people unsubscribe because there will be people who gave you an email address, don't know what you're about, find out what you're about, and then say, ah, not really my cup of tea. I'm going to bow out. That's what the welcome series is for. You want that. You don't want that person sitting on your email and you know file, getting emails from you every, every week or whatever that they disagree with, and then they're just upset, so they're leaving comments, or they're replying back angrily. Like That's not what you want. Right. And your fundraising email is probably not going to change their mind. Exactly. A fundraising email or a volunteer email is going to find the people who are already predisposed to agree with you and motivate them to take action. No one was ever convinced by a fundraising email. And then someone's going to email us and say, yes, I was convinced by a fundraising email. <laughs> and if someone sends us that story, I will certainly talk about it on the podcast. But... You know, until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to say no one was convinced. Before we transition out of this topic, Tony, I want to get your thoughts on this because it just occurred to me. There's a famous statement by Next After in their value proposition workshop. They've had it from day one. And it's, what is your value proposition? And they say, it isn't your mission or vision statements, right? They say Mm -hmm. that from the beginning. This made me think it might be worth pushing back on that just a little bit. Because while, yes, your value proposition isn't the same as your mission and vision statements, I would argue, in line with what Basecamp seems to be saying here, that a good mission statement actually takes into consideration what makes a good value proposition. Well, yes, I would agree with you there. I I don't want to say that that agrees with what Basecamp is saying, because Basecamp says 100% of mission statements are crap, and I don't think you and I agree with that. Well, no. No, we don't. But... But... What if you were going to write a good mission statement? I think it has to come out of your value prop. And Basecamp, they're talking about this because they're looking at you know for-profit businesses yes. where the founder of the company wrote <laughs> up a mission statement 
as like the first or second thing that they did. And then the company evolves and doesn't even make sense based off of this bland mission statement. Right. Like that's the other thing that I would say with this. Like if you have a mission statement, think about how your, your company really should be defined by brand. And I say brand as in like the value that you provide, the perceived value that you are providing. Right. When you write a mission statement, you can write that mission statement and it's like Moses coming down with the Ten Commandments from on high, where your your founder or your two founders of the company are coming down with the mission statement exactly. from their from their weekend retreat. Or you have a mission statement that was generated out of surveys and three rounds of committee meetings, and you end up getting something that does appeal to the lowest common denominator. Yep. So if you want to think like what is our mission? What, who are our fans and what do our fans think we are accomplishing for them? That is our mission, right? Uh, and if, if we don't like what our fans think we are accomplishing for them, we should go get new fans. Like you can pivot your company. Exactly. No, Tony, that, that is great. And I would love to hear some of the mission statements from our listeners that have impacted them or changed their minds or just really stood out to them. Good, bad, or ugly, we'll take it all. So send it to marketingtrenchwarfare at gmail.com. Now, Tony, I want to talk some about Giving Tuesday because this week was Giving Tuesday. And you and I have talked in the podcast mm -hmm. before. We've had episodes on Giving Tuesday. And one of the things yep. that we've talked about in the past is that people can make too much out of Giving Tuesday. Like organizations yeah. can act like Giving Tuesday is the day people are going to give when actually it's December 31st. All the data shows right. the week before December yeah. 31st. Well, I was going to say, like, Giving Threes Day, I made way too much of it. <laughs> exactly, right? So that that's something we, 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 we don't want to neglect. At the same time, there can be the temptation to go to another extreme and say, mm -hmm. well, Giving Tuesday then isn't that important at all. Maybe we shouldn't do anything with it. When the reality is, Giving Tuesday is a day that more and more people are giving money on. Every year, more people donate on Giving Tuesday. So why mm -hmm. shouldn't we get involved? I say we should. And I thought, Tony, it'd be great for us to share some of the things, some of our highs and lows, if you will, of our Giving Tuesday experiences this week. So things that stood out to us in our inboxes. So I'll start out with one of the lows for me. I got the following okay. subject line from a very large, well-known nonprofit. And the subject line was, isn't it time to think of someone else? Hashtag Giving Tuesday. Now, I looked at this. And all their donors were so offended, so they thought of a different organization. Exactly. Giving, giving Tuesday money. I looked at this, and I'm like, oh, excuse me? What are you saying? <laughs> like, isn't that presumptive? Maybe I was getting ready to go to your website and give you a Giving Tuesday donation. And you're like, isn't it time to think of someone else? Oh, well, I was thinking of you, but now I will think of someone else. I'll just go and donate to them. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why, as organizations, we think that a good subject line is shamey, manipulative, or cheeky. Like, I've seen some cheeky subject lines that could work, but something like that, hashtag Giving Tuesday, it screamed organizational to me. It screamed yeah. manipulative. Did they... Did they put a fun emoji in there to kind of weaken the blow? No, nothing. It was just hashtag no. Giving Tuesday. I was like, okay, well, I will go think of someone else then. I never even read the email, honestly. I just saw the subject line. And now that I've actually opened it so I can talk to you about it, I see that 
they have an ink signature at the bottom of the email, which if, if anyone is new to this podcast and you haven't heard me rant on ink signatures, no one signs a virtual document that way. You do not take an ink pen and write on Gmail to give them your ink signature. Like, I don't know why. I thought you were going to say you do not take a a virtual pen and write on your computer screen. Well, there is that too. Like I've ruined so many screens that way in my early days trying to sign emails. Like, like I I just don't get it. I don't know. I feel like way back when people in fundraising were like, oh, we're used to direct mail. So when I create my digital fundraising email appeal, I will put an ink signature because I do that on my letterhead. And it's like, this is not the same medium. You're sending the signal that this is mass market. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was a low point for me. I'm curious, Tony. Did you have any low points before we talk about highs? Did I have a low point? Like a low point example on Giving Tuesday. Something that stood out to you like, man, organizations should stop doing this. Uh, Let's just say that if I was on a list that I wasn't really excited about, I would have unsubscribed from it long before Giving Tuesday. (laughs) You are a good person. I never unsubscribe. I am an Inbox Zero person. I'm responsible for a lot of the unsubscribes that uh, show up. (laughs) An email marketers list. Yes. Well, I get an email and I immediately like, did I sign up for this? If I did not sign up for it, mark a spam. If I did sign up for it and I don't remember, I'm like, oh, obviously doesn't matter to my life. Unsubscribe. That's hilarious. Well, And whenever I look at emails and I see a bunch of unsubscribes in my HubSpot portal, I'm just like, oh, rejections. And then I think about myself and I'm like, I'm not even mad at these people when I unsubscribe from them. I'm just like, just moving on with my life. And there's plenty of people unsubscribing from my own emails like that. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like you have to find your fans and you're communicating to find your fans and continue to provide that value to them. That's your brand. And in a way, it really all, what matters is like, do you like your fans? And you shouldn't try to be all to all people. That's where I could have a mission statement of, I want to have emails that never offend anyone, mm-hmm. never unsubscribe. Like no one would ever write a mission statement like that, but I feel like some email marketers carry that around their neck and uh, bear the weight of that. And I think we should feel liberated from that on giving Tuesday. I would also say one of the things that you have to think about is there is a scarcity element here, right? Yes. A lot of people don't, donate to 28 different nonprofits on giving Tuesday. Um, You might want to think about how do you stand out more? And so you want to, you want to emphasize something about your mission. That's more unique than other people. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say about giving Tuesday is it doesn't have to start on giving Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, So a low point for me would be the people who, and yeah, I guess this is a legit low point for me. The people, organizations I was disappointed that just showed up in my inbox on the afternoon of giving Tuesday, talking about giving Tuesday yes. rather than previewing it throughout the week. Mm. And it's great. If you send me an email saying, Oh, we're going to have a big announcement on giving Tuesday and like make that whole cultivation email about whatever's going to be announced on giving Tuesday. That's awesome. It would also be good just to like send me some cultivation ahead of time 
so that I don't feel like Giving Tuesdays out of the blue. Yes. But to do nothing and just drop like a Giving Tuesday thing and expect that I'm going to give you money because it's Giving Tuesday doesn't respect the choices out there that our fans have, right? Um, there are alternatives and people give because they enjoy giving and they enjoy feeling like they are making a difference. And your organization is not the only group that can give that to them. So you have to think about it in that sense. And uh, the other thing I would say with that is Giving Tuesday. Um, it's a great day to send your emails in the morning. <laughs> yes. Say it again. Uh, say that, it again. <laughs> that would be something that, like, I think we typically are like, oh, well, we don't want to send that email at 7 a.m. And Giving Tuesday is a day where it's just like, yeah, uh, people might be like, oh, I'm going to drop $200 on Giving Tuesday stuff today. And they get two nice, really, really nice appeals in the morning and they give 100 to each. And when your email hits at 5 p.m., they've already made their nice, warm, fuzzy Giving Tuesday gift. Exactly. No, Tony, I'm glad you said that because one of the things, too, that was a low point for me was just how many emails with the subject line, it was obvious, is a Giving Tuesday email. And I want us mm -hmm. to think about this logically. We know other nonprofits are sending emails on Giving Tuesday. We know that. This is yeah. a high competitive traffic event. Like, this is cutting through the noise day. Like, you are literally choosing a day. Like, a lot of times as marketers, we're like, what day of the week am I not competing with other people? What time can I get in the inbox that someone else isn't going to get there, right? On Giving Tuesday, mm -hmm. we're going in pretty much knowing that no matter what time of the day we're sending, we're going to be competing with a bunch of other organizations, right, for Giving Tuesday. So why in the world would we create an email whose subject line screams, I'm just another Giving Tuesday email? So this year... So you're saying let the other nonprofits break the ground for you. Yes. That it's Giving Tuesday. Yes. Let the other nonprofits educate everyone that it's Giving Tuesday and let your nonprofit be the one focused on value prop. Yes. And we had, we still mentioned in our organization to great success. It was a, a very good giving Tuesday, but we still mentioned the fact it was giving Tuesday, but it was not giving Tuesday forward. Shall we say that wasn't the value proposition of itself. Right. And the, the value subject line wasn't, yeah. was, was personal. Giving Tuesday, throw money at me. It was my organization makes a difference and I'm asking you to give money so that you, you can, can make be a difference yes. the person who makes that difference and, and difference through what XYZ what i loved was the subject line we actually used was i'll see you tomorrow and mm -hmm. it it worked in the email i won't get into specifics here but it worked in the email that subject line but when people are going through their inbox and they see the subject line i'll see you tomorrow from Artie Coolidge. From Artie Coolidge. It's like, oh, wow. They're freaking out wait, and they're wait. getting their shotgun ready because Artie's coming That's to their right. house. No. How does he know where we live? You know, all I gave you was my email. What are you, Facebook? You're stalking me now? You know, so this is the point, right? It cuts through the noise. And this is what was amazing. We had an open rate and an engagement rate on that email on Giving Tuesday, one of the busiest inbox days of the year, that was very close to a non-Giving Tuesday engagement rate despite the fact that we were competing with far more organizations on that moment than on our typical email and so this is just a nice i just wanted to give this as an encouragement i don't know what your organization if you're listening to this what your giving tuesday was like maybe it was a good one which is awesome maybe it wasn't as good which we can mm -hmm. improve we can work 
Um, but don't lose sight of just some of the simple tactics you can use uh, to make your Giving Tuesday next year, Giving Tuesday 2022, shine. Now, Tony, we're entering the holiday season and our friends mm -hmm. over at HubSpot on their blog had a great article on the don'ts of holiday campaigns. And this is actually a perfect <laughs> connection to what we just said. All right. Do's and don'ts. The yeah. do's and don'ts, right? And we were just talking about Giving Tuesday and holiday campaigns are very similar. Giving Tuesday is part of a holiday mm -hmm. campaign, right? So yep. some of the things they mentioned. Do suppress your disengaged contacts from your holiday outreach. All right. Ooh, do you really believe this already? So we're going to start out what the generals are saying by by hitting them here. Yes, we're going to. chair generals. Yes, because they said you're competing for inbox placement during the busiest time of the year. We just agreed with that. No question there. Mm -hmm. ISPs, internet service providers, will be receiving and filtering higher volumes of e emails on than on any other weekend. And they can only reward the best senders with that prime inbox placement. If you don't exclude contacts who have not recently engaged with your marketing emails, you can impact your ability to reach people during the holiday weekend as well as into the future. Whether it was Black Friday weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, or Christmas weekend, or New Year's weekend, you're going to have these issues, they're saying. So here's the issue. I agree and disagree with this. I agree mm -hmm. that you need to be thinking about inbox placement and excluding your disengaged emails from your sins, but not during that peak time that people are motivated to give, like Christmas, Black Friday, or buy. <laughs> that is the time. That's when you need to too. include them. You need to be excluding yeah. them on low motivation seasons so that you have, shall we say preserved stellar. some stellar reputation that you can leverage to right. start sending to people who are unengaged. But what do you think? Well, Tony? this is where going back to our, our marketing trench warfare manifesto, we talk about the generals yes. who love to critique strategy and give out advice. In this case, HubSpot is giving advice that would have marketers behave in a way that would be best for HubSpot, right? Yes. Like, we all know this. HubSpot's trying to help people, but HubSpot also has its own incentives. And HubSpot doesn't want to have to deal with a lot of deliverability issues, right? Yeah. HubSpot would prefer that you never email an unengaged contact because that would dramatically reduce the amount of manpower that they have to, to use to in, interact with Apple and Microsoft and AOL and every other um, internet service provider or email service provider, right? Exactly. So... I think that's that's part of what's going on here. You as a business, we talked about this before um, with a different World War One metaphor of, of your Navy, right? Uh, in World War One, there was only one major naval battle in Europe, right? Because both Germany and the UK were too freaked out that their ships might sink. Yep. So they didn't, they spent 30 years building ships for a world war, the world war came. They only ever fought one battle, which they finished. They you know, like canceled halfway through the day because they were just afraid their ships are going to sink. And this kind of thing from HubSpot is the same thing. HubSpot's telling you, don't, don't email those unengaged emails. Okay. Well, if I'm not going to email the unengaged emails ever, they aren't going to re-engage exactly because they're not getting so my emails. So why do I have them? And they're just going to sit in my HubSpot portal so you will bill me for them. Yes. But you're you telling go. me not to email them. There you go. I right? was hoping you were going to mention so, that. 
Yes. And so this is where I think there is a little bit of a conflict of interest there. And my take on this is you have to be watching your sender reputation. We do this every month um, on my team. We review what's our sender reputation, what's our deliverability to different ESPs. Uh, we have different strategies that we implement if we see issues happening with the deliverability. You know, I'm not going to go into all of those details, but we do have um, specific responses to things that happen. And that's all good, but we have to email those unengaged people. We have to give them a chance to re-engage. Exactly. Giving Tuesday is a great one of those things for that. I work for an educational institution. If we have a big educational announcement, we'll do the same thing. Um, we're not sending every email to these unengaged people, but we're trying to say, what's the big thing that these people who, who you know, at one point loved us enough to sign up for emails and have never unsubscribed, they're just, you know, out of the loop a little bit. Uh, we can give them something exciting that will make them want to re-engage. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I think you got to give the people a chance to become your fans again. And, and Tony, that that is exactly what we need to do. We, we, we need to leverage the highest motivation period of the year to get people to reactivate. And here's the exciting thing. So this mm-hmm. is a ni- another little moment of encouragement for you, our listener. You can re-engage easily 5 6 7% of that unengaged file by doing this. Mm-hmm. When you stop and think about that, these are emails you already paid to acquire. These are emails right. you're paying HubSpot to keep on your C- or whatever your CRM is. You're paying to keep in your database, right? And now mm-hmm. you just got them back essentially for free because all you did was include them on an email send. So make sure. Yeah. So this is where I disagree with HubSpot, but where I agree, yeah. one of the things I said yeah. here, l- entice your most engaged contacts with a teaser email before the holiday weekend. This is exactly what you were just saying. Give a teaser mm-hmm. ahead of Giving Tuesday. Let people know that it's coming. Let people plan for it, right? They talk about using other channels in addition to email. And we've talked about this before. Leverage your multi-channel, right? If you've got Facebook, social media, talk about Giving Tuesday on there. Point people to it, right? Talk about your calendar year-end. If you're listening to this and you're selling widgets, right? Talk about your widget sale. Best prices of the year. <laughs> like, leverage those channels, right? Um, yeah. An- another thing. They said, make sure that you're segmenting your holiday emails. Use data points to break it out. And and again, I agree with this, right? Treat your donors oh, as donors. Because they're not saying segment them by buyer personas. No, right? they're not. No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. Because that's our other episode. Go back and listen to it where we talk about that, right? They talk about making sure that your emails are mobile friendly. I mean, I, I'm glad they mentioned that. If you're on an older, archaic email system, that's important to check. But chances are if you're on a decent newer system they're already going to be mobile friendly like right well here's the thing like what could you do even in like a email delivery thing like hubspot to make your emails not mobile friendly i'll just tick off a few of them you don't make your links underlined or a different color exactly i've seen people do that like how are you how do you think i'm going to find this link on a mobile device yes exactly uh another thing you can do Put full-size JPEGs in the body of your email. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. That is a guaranteed way to make that not. Yes. You know, in an email, like people, they have trouble loading um, images. If I click load images and it takes longer than like three or four seconds, I am bailing and I'm not reading that email. Uh, So, yeah, 
I, I, I guess that that's my point is you could still do things that make your email not mobile friendly, even if you're inside HubSpot. I feel like that's that's kind of a I don't want to call it a rookie mistake, but it's a mistake of complacency to say, oh, I'm on HubSpot. Therefore, every email that I send will be fine on mobile devices. Not necessarily true. You still need to avoid doing some of those problems. And the- another one of these things here that I do want to call out that HubSpot yeah. says you should do that I agree with is clean up your database before the holidays arrive. Very good. And already I really wanted to highlight this because I didn't want people to get the wrong impression for what we were talking about sending to unengaged, right? Because some of our listeners may be like, oh, my unengaged contacts, those are the people who aren't opening from me. Or they, ha- they haven't had a recent open and they're on my list. That's not necessarily who you and I are talking about when we say unengaged contacts, right? Yep. We're talking about unengaged contacts. They're people on your file who at one point have been engaged and receiving your email and they have not unsubscribed and you know that they haven't had a bounced email address and they're not, you know, on part of some domain that you're having deliverability challenges with at the at the present time or anything, right? And so that's where this is coming in. We're not telling you go email all these emails that haven't opened and half of them are probably bounced. You need to be regularly maintaining your database so that when you do decide it's Giving Tuesday and we're going to add those unengaged people into the email, you know these are good emails that just haven't interacted with us recently. We're going to add them in. I'm not going to add a bunch of spam traps and bounced email addresses and everything else as a result of, of that. So that list hygiene that is so important to do throughout the year, really important to finish that up before you're starting to launch your calendar year end and your holiday Exactly, campaigns. exactly. Another thing here they say already that I disagree with, they said don't increase your mail volume during the holiday weekend. Oh, I know. I'm like, what are they talking about? This is when you want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. This approach can cause a long-lasting negative impact on your ability to reach the inbox and into the future. So, yep, this is this is just a negative restatement of the first point that we objected to exactly. earlier. Right. Uh, there's nothing that can happen with your inbox that you couldn't ameliorate, right? Um, you can always figure out a way to fix it. I'm not advocating this to say, oh, you should just disregard it because it will be fine. I'm just saying there's nothing that is not recoverable from, right? Like you can be like, oh, I messed up and we are going to learn from this and we are going to not repeat our mistakes, right? Uh, Don't be so fearful of making a mistake that you don't actually do marketing to people who have said, we want to hear from you. Exactly. This is the season, as they say, tis the season to reach out with a Christmas message of cheer and Tony, yeah. we've had so much fun talking about this that we've already come to the end of our episode. I mean, this is crazy. Oh my word! Where does time go? I think that in the winter months, we're it just we're nodding off by. on eggnog here. We are, but our listeners aren't because they chose to make the Marketing Trench Warfare podcast part of their day. And for that, Tony <laughs> and I offer our sincerest holiday thanks. So whether you say sincerest condolences, no, no, thank you. And we're stuck in the trench. That's right. And we're glad you're stuck with us. Be sure to check out our website, marketingtrenchwarfare.com. 
Tune in next week. We'll be talking more about these contentious debate questions like when to listen Uh to Christmas music. Be sure to leave us a comment or an email. Shoot us and let us know what you are. Shoot us an email, not shoot us. Shoot us an email and let us know what you think about anything that we talked about here or what you'd like to hear on a future episode. Until then, I'm Artie Coolidge. I'm Tony Kavicki. And we will catch you guys later. Artie and Tony are nonprofit marketing directors. Views and opinions expressed on this podcast are as of date of recording, are independent of their employers, and are not to be used as investment or legal advice.